Hello, welcome to to your favorite Ninja Turtle influencer podcast, uh, Shellheads. Uh, I am your Ninja Turtle influencer, Sergio. I'm joined here with influencer Jeff. How's it going, influencer Jeff? Hello. That's interesting. New title. Uh, it's going. Yeah, man. <laughs> like that. That's the thing. Like if you just say you're an influencer, if people believe it, then like that's more clout. And if if you have clout, you uh you, you can then like win the internet or something. I I I don't know. I just read the cliff notes on this topic. I just want free pizza. I think we could probably swing that. That would be great. Just, just I'll, I'll I'll get you an email address made. You can email Domino's yeah. or something. Yeah. See what you can and, pull. Yeah. And uh, what is it? They're trying to take uh uh some thunder out of out of pizza hut but now introducing a deep dish pizza i was like whoa now wait a minute there y'all getting into dangerous territory <laughs> you a deep dish pizza guy anything that's not a casserole pizza i i'm i'll, I'll eat well deep dish is kind of like chicago style deep dish is a casserole pizza yeah i'm not a no offense to our chicago people but that's just not for me not not that's, like personal offense i'm sure they're great people but right. their pizza is not pizza I mean, this is a debate that has been long since argued since the dawn of pizzadom. Like, what did, what did John Stewart say? He was like, "Oh yeah, I just watched that recently, actually." Yeah, there, <laughs> so there's, there's a reason it's called deep dish pizza, Chicago style deep dish pizza, because it's not just pizza. Pizza is pizza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have no hatred towards the actual deep dish. It's just not a thing that I want to eat. Yeah. Now I will uh, eat a, a good Detroit style. Ooh. Yeah, like with a big fat fluffy bread, like that. That I can do. I like the square ones too. Yes, yes. Uh, I I also like a, a a nice crispy thin crust thin crust pizza. Yeah, good New York style. Mm-hmm. Which is well, hard to come by around here. Well, New New York style is more is it, that's a like a floppy. That's a fl- that's a floppy pizza. Some doesn't have flop. Like when when I, I think thin crust, crisp. I I think crispy almost on a cracker pizza. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. Uh, let's get to influencing and, uh, let, let's start our conversation about Ninja Turtles, huh? Yeah. What's our first segment? It's time to check what's in that bodacious box. I, I really hope the listeners know that I'm joking about this influencer stuff that this is completely in jest. I can, I can see the, the iTunes review now. It's like, oh, these guys think that they're influencers are zero stars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, we're we're clearly not Ninja Turtles influencers, uh, but thank you for listening. And hey, while you're on iTunes, why don't you throw us a, a rating? Yeah, nice I, five star would be great. I think uh, does Spotify do ratings as well? I, I don't know. I probably should have That's checked fair. this before I plugged this 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 uh, action. But, you know, yeah, whatever. Go do what you're going to do. Uh, yeah. So what's in my box this time, Jeff? Do you have anything? Uh, not this time. No. OK. Well, I have a few things, nothing too um, out of this world, but I was at the Target two nights ago, and they had a clearance section that had a couple of Ninja Turtles things in it, and one of them caught my eye. Ooh. Uh, we've talked about these a few times on the show. You know the uh, the re-releases of the Playmates Mutatin figures? Yeah. Well, they had uh, the Mutatin Leo for, I think, $4 off, 4 or $5 off, so I got it for about 10 bucks. Which is not, not a bad, bad. price. No, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't clearance because the box was crushed or anything. It was just clearance because I guess they wanted it out of the store. 
because uh, it looks like it's, it's in perfect shape. I don't know how long I'll keep it. Uh, it's I wasn't really on the prowl for these in the first place, but once I saw the price, I was like, I, I can I can throw that in the collection for a while. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, as we said, the, the the real the all star of these is the art on the cover. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. breathtaking because the, the figures themselves are kind of uncomfortably bulk bulky and weird. Yeah, they, they, they've been hitting the gym. They're just real weird. Like, I understand why they're bulky because you have to fit the whole turtle in it. It's it's just, yeah, whatever. Uh, the other thing that I got, and I, di- I swear I didn't buy these because you don't like them. I got, I got, I got, uh, I got a couple of turtles fugglers. You, uh, you kiss your mom with that mouth? <laughs> uh, like. Get the soap. I, I know you don't like these things. I think they're adorable. Okay, let me. Let me get to the old Google here. Yeah. Like they're designed to be ugly and like so ugly that they're cute. Oh yeah. Those things. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like the, the most disturbing part of them is like the teeth, the teeth look like real human teeth and, and what they are are just little, I don't know, seven inch stuffed animals. Yeah. That are the four Ninja Turtles. And each one of them has a unique, fugly design uh i fug f- look look fuggler stands for funny ugly monster yeah so so i, I don't have to wash my mouth out um uh, yeah I, I was trying to do some research on what what exactly is going on with these things and uh on the fuggler website there's there's two different listings one for a limited edition fuggler and one for a normal edition fuggler mm-hmm. of the four turtles I did not see a functional difference between the two. Hmm. They're the same site. They're the same height. Uh, they looked exactly the same in the pictures. So if, if someone could open our eyes to that, like what, 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 why is the limited edition limited other than it being labeled limited edition? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, now that I think about it, let me go check my box and <laughs> check my box and see if these are actually limited or they're the regular ones. I'll be right back. Okay, they're both labeled as limited edition versions. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the Leonardo Fuggler and the Donatello Fuggler. And so I, I guess, yippee me, I have the limited ones. But again, I don't know how different they are. Uh, like the most impressive part of these stupid little things is the price. So off the top of your head, hey Jeff, what do you think a fuggler costs? I'm thinking around maybe between thirty, maybe forty, maybe twenty five. You are a solid twenty one dollars off at least. Oh. Twenty three dollars off. So total price? Seven fifty. Seven dollars? Seven dollars and fifty cents at Walmart for these little guys. And That's... they're they're huge. They're huge. Crazy. They're plush things. You would imagine that that would be way more. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked. Like, I, I, and when I bought the second one, I was thinking maybe the second one is actually going to have the right price on it. No, they were both they're, like they're seven fifty. That's the price of these things. It. They look like if you remember that Quiznos commercial, they gave these guys a whole bunch of money to make a commercial, and it's those really ugly, like singing squirrel things or whatever that's exactly what those Uh things look like yeah yeah i I, look in a world in a world where where funko is charging us 15 dollars a pop a pop yeah 
um, Fugler swooping in and selling me a plush doll that's ugly and seven fifty, I can root for that. I mean, like the uh, apparently the limited RAF is going for like forty five bucks right now on eBay. Well, I, that was my other the other thing that I was going to mention is I don't know if limited RAF and limited Michelangelo have hit like hit wide yet because yeah. I've been to four WalMarts in the past week. And all of them only have Leo and Donnie. Wow. So I don't know if they're exclusive to a different store. It's hard for me to really like Google those facts. It's 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 tough. But if anyone knows where I can find outside of, you know, secondhand, like I kind of want to buy them for seven fifty, uh, where I can find a limited Raphael and a limited Michelangelo, uh, shoot us a message. That would be that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's in Sergio's box this week. Okay. Uh, but I, I guess with that with that said, let's influence some news, Jeff. And now it's time for secret of the news. Ah. Yeah, I, sorry, I kind of kind of kind of kind of squashed your intro there, didn't I? Well, a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll fix it in editing, or I won't. Who knows? Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five pieces of Ninja Turtles news today. Uh, would you like to go first? Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's go with the good, the like the, I guess the big news. Um, IDW announced, of course, that they're rebooting or a soft rebooting the comic book back to issue one with a new writer uh, and they finally came out and said hey the first four issues are going to be handled by four different artists and it looks like each issue is going to have a focus on a different turtle so yeah. uh the the graphic that we've been given has Raphael coming out in july uh with the art being handled by joel jones i think mm-hmm. is how you pronounce that first name joel jones issue two will be focused on michelangelo uh, and that will be done by Raphael Albuquerque. I mean, that's apt. What a name, man. Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, and third book is going to be Leo, and it will be Cliff Chang. Chang? Chang? Uh, and number four will be Donatello Chris Burnham. And there's a little sample of their work in this this image that they, that they uh, publicized or published. And it looks like all like those four artists have very different styles. Only one of them. I'm not a huge fan of, but of course it is only one image. It's, it's hard to say whether or not it's bad looking at one turtle. But, uh, after that, I, I'm not sure. Let's see. And it looks like Albuquerque, Raphael Albuquerque will be drawing the second arc, which I'm assuming would be issues five, six through 10. Uh, they don't have a they're not putting a number five on this or maybe it's issues five through eight. I, there's still a lot of unknowns here. Uh, I have some concerns. Would, would you like to hear my concerns or would you like to give yours first? Uh, far away. OK. My chief concern is if this is a soft reboot, then there should be five Ninja Turtles at least mm-hmm. uh, because Jenica is very much a thing now. Issue 150 may shake things up to the point that Jenica is not a thing. Who knows? But 
This does not bode well for Jenica fans. No. Unless she is book five and they just haven't announced that yet. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, none of these artists have worked on this uh, on uh, Turtles before. So so not only is this a story reboot, they they are completely wiping the slate clean when it comes to talent and starting completely new, which I don't hate. I'm a fan of this being a soft reboot, acknowledging the story that has come before it. What I don't like is all of these hints that it is not a soft reboot, mm-hmm. that it's a harder reboot than 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 what they're letting on. Uh, but we will see now, won't we? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm nowhere near being caught up. Um, so it is it is a little concerning, you know, um, if they're going to, you know, as to what they're going to to do. Um Cause you know, that's been established and people like, you know, Jenica and, you know, or she, you know, she could just not be featured in, you know, the imagery right now, you know, so let's, let's not jump to conclusions yeah, um, maybe. And, and, and freak out. Um, so, you know, cause it's like, Oh, well, here she is on page five, you know, you know something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. But, what's, what's funny is like, right as this reboot is, is, is like hitting, hitting the world. Um, a, collected book of Jenica's stories are hitting is, is hitting as well. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. So, so I, it's like, Hey, you know, that character you like, well, here are all the stories now go away. That's of course, that's an overstatement, but you know, uh, I, I just hope that we haven't seen the last of her. Yeah. With the end of this, um, next piece of news. So they released the Oscar nominations. Uh And, uh, I'm not going to say that a kid's movie deserves to be nominated for best picture or anything like that. You know, I'm I'm not going to ask for anything out of the question. Yeah. But there are some genre specific categories that mutant mayhem could have been nominated for. Yeah. Like best animated feature or, you know, best, uh, art direction. You know, there are place places that this book would slot in pretty easily. Not book, but where this movie would slot in pretty easily. Uh, Mutant yeah. Mayhem was not nominated for zero Oscars. So weird. I don't know. I I don't know if it's weird. Uh, like, you know, it's 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 very easy for for people to look at the Oscar nominations and be like, oh, they got they got it wrong. Well, the most most lay people don't understand what goes into the process of the nominations. Mm-hmm. It's possible that Paramount did not even try. Yeah. You know, like the the Academy is not going to reach out and say we're going to nominate this this movie just because we want to. No, they're they're going to only nominate the ones that the that the production houses are like, hey, here's what we're putting forth for you to choose from. Yeah. So Paramount may not have even tried. I'm not saying they didn't, but it's definitely not as simple as they got shafted. You know. Right. Um. Yeah. So it's. It's it's a bummer, but that's fine. It's 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 not really a it's not a not a huge surprise for me. I mean, you would think you know it would at least have gotten a nomination for like best animation or something because it's a very unique animation style. Right, right. I I, I agree. Like I would assume that it would be a shoe in, but I, I, that's why I that's why I don't work for Hollywood. I think that that's probably yeah. probably what it is. But th- th- there's all kinds of controversy with this year's. <laughs> nominations that we're not going to go into 
In other news, uh, your boy, the Shredder. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah, kind well, of. Maybe, possibly. Maybe. maybe. Uh, he's bringing his metalhead to the popular Fortnite. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure you've heard of that as well. I have. Yeah, I, I don't know what the timing on this is. All I know is that we've seen a screenshot of him, and he is menacing. Uh, he doesn't really look like any shredder that we've had before. I mean, he kind of looks like a slimmed-downed uh, version of the uh, Michael Bay-produced one with all the extra accoutrement. Maybe. The Swiss Army Knife Shredder. <laughs> the Swiss Army Shredder. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I, I wouldn't say that's a good thing. Uh, his eyes are glowing purple, so who knows what's happening under there. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan uh, of the look, but I'm also not a Fortnite player, so I'm not really the audience. Yeah, I, that it does not appeal uh, to me either. But those of he you looks, out there... He, he looks fine. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, but. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but those of you out there who play Fortnite, uh, have fun playing as the Shredder. Yet another game where the Shredder has guns. Yep, and Turtles have guns, although they've used them. A- actual guns. Um, so we keep finding reasons to talk about this stupid Saturday morning adventure series. It, I guess at some point we we're going to have to read those again, aren't we? Well, that's kind of our shtick. I know. And I I, know. I totally don't agree. I think they're great. Like, I, I'll throw you a bone here in a few months and we can talk about the 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 ongoing series. Because now it's an ongoing series. And the solicits aren't up yet for issue 13, which should be available in May. But, co- like, a cover has leaked. And apparently, number 13 has Mr. Og, is that his name? Yep. Uh, and, and he's been on a couple of the other co- covers, so it might be like a like a four-part story or whatever. But it it's going to be a Mr. Og story where the 87 Turtles meet up to f- four, possibly more versions of themselves. So in this book, there's the 03 Turtles, the t- 2012 Turtles, Rise Turtles, and the original comic turtles or like at least one of each of those is on the cover yeah like skill wise 87 doesn't have a chance unless yeah. it's they're going with the the toei version which i don't know if they will i am um, uh, oh man i this is one of my big pet peeves huge pet peeves like conversations and discussions about what characters can beat what characters mm. i hate them so much like i, I just want a good proper turtles forever oh uh, yeah well like at this point they're gonna have to wait a while because yeah. b- b- because um multiverse stuff is a bit too ubiquitous right now mm-hmm. if they were to release a you know a new turtles forever in 2025 it would be like oh so you're just copying everyone else who's doing this when in fact the turtles were way ahead of the curve on that to start with, uh, but yeah, I just oh the eighty seven turtles would, would they, like the oh oh three turtles would mop the floor with the eighty seven turtles. It's like I don't care, I don't I don't care. These fan predictions of who's going to beat whom, 
the only thing that matters is what the writer, the, the story the writer wants to tell. Mm-hmm. So is the, these, the, the discussions just get under my skin in a way that they probably shouldn't. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Mikey interact with Mikey, interacting with Mikey, interacting with Mikey. Like if we can yeah. just get a panel with four Mikey's like th- that would, that's worth it. Yeah. Um, and anything they can do to make, this Saturday morning stuff. Interesting. I guess I'm on board with, you know, mm-hmm. because I just, you, we've discussed how I feel about them. So, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? I'm, I'm here for it. I just want it to be good and action packed and just awesome. I, I'm going to reluctantly say, I wish, to, I wish that too, just cause I don't want to read something that's bad. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. That let's see. Oh, actually, that Jenica trade paperback from IDW apparently mm-hmm. comes out in June. Yeah, it's oh, called good. Jenica, the fifth turtle. Cool. It's going to have issues 93 through 95, all of her solo adventures. So, yeah. Okay. All right. That should be fun. That should be fun. Um, we have one piece of new, one more piece of news, and it is quite the bummer. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little backstory on, on all of this. Uh, first off. We know that there is currently a Last Ronin video game in the works over at Black Black Forest Games. Mm-hmm. Yes, Black Forest Games. We also know that the video game industry has been hit with more layoffs than it has ever been hit with in the past 12 months. Yeah. Nearly every video game publisher, every video game developer, any anyone in the space has been hit with either major layoffs or minor layoffs or like huge chunks. I, th- I think the last number I saw was 22,000 people across the in- industry have lost their jobs. Jeez. Yeah. And there's it, there's so many that a website has popped up called video games videogamelayoffs.com, I think it is, to kind of keep track of uh, all the people who are now jobless and it's and it's because of I'm not going to go into why, but because because it'll I'll jump on a soapbox and that's not something that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Not today, but um, to bring this back around, the folks over at Black Forest Games uh, laid off 50 percent of its staff this past week. Jeez. What, what and and of course uh, Black Forest Games is owned by the Embracer Group, which during and cr- d- directly after COVID went on a buying spree. They bought probably 30% of the entire gaming, like developing world. Mm. Anyone who was for sale, they threw money at to create this this third party publisher that was huge, right? That's that that was their thing, and they probably assumed they could easily spin up some projects, make some money, get their money back real quick. Uh, and that's not happening mm-hmm. right now. Oh, they were also, uh, they were also looking, f- they were calculating into their business that they were going to get a loan from, I believe the Saudis or China or some, some foreign country was going to, to loan them money. And after looking at the books, the country that was going to give them money pulled out and said, nah, we're good. And, since then, they've been kind of cleaning house across the board, trying to balance their books. And the latest 
victim is Black Forest Games. What that means for the last Ronin game, nobody knows. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. Um, we don't know what this 50% staff, like, let's see, let's see. Um, Internal Studio has approximately cut 50% of its staff with the company reporting reportedly employing around 110 employees as of last year. So that means 55 people. How many of those were from like the HR department? How of them, like how many of these were boots on the ground developers? Yeah. We don't know. You know, some of them may be QA and QA can be farmed out to a third party. Like there, there's a lot of tasks at a game developer that are either non game facing or can be farmed out to another team at a cheaper cost. So uh, there is a possibility that this is not like the death nail for the last Ronin game. This announcement did not come with a coinciding. We are canceling the game announcement, which usually it does if that's the case. So maybe this just punts it off another year. Maybe they already know what they're doing and they can do it with this, this, this cut staff. I don't know. No, no more news has come out. We haven't even seen a proper trailer. We've seen a teaser, but we'll see. Uh, the, the in the business, uh, they're saying that 2024 is only going to get worse when it comes to cutting jobs and cutting corners and cutting games. Uh, apparently, the industry, despite having one of the biggest years in the history of video games last year, the, the industry is in a financial freefall. It's crazy. Welcome to the future. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I, I could go way into more detail just because I, I follow that kind of stuff pretty closely. But I let's just hope that the last Ronin game makes it out of this kerfuffle. I hope so. I really hope that the people laid off in this scenario land on their feet because it's, it, it's it's really easy to, to point at this and be like, oh, I don't get my video game when, you know, there's at least 55 people's lives that have been completely uprooted because some dude made a bad financial decision decision you know yeah and you know i i i have a few friends that are in the industry and you know this is like nothing new to them they're like oh okay well i'm out of work again uh anybody can help and then you know like a week or two later i'm like thanks got it you know yeah but like this year it's not going to be like that it's not going to be right Right. Here's a week or two. I found more because no one is hiring because no one is green lighting new games to be hired to to work on. So it's 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 going to be a rough it's year, a, dude. It's a very tough business to be in and like it to think that I I wanted to be in that industry, you know, but it's like, eh, I kind of don't like math, so I'm good. <laughs> I really hate math like a lot. Well, so well, welcome to the club, man. You know. Nah, I'm good. Uh, and uh, Jeff, I, I believe that is the end of our news segment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a little tight, tight little news segment there. No, not too much, but some pretty big news. Uh, we have a main topic to talk about. Are you ready? Uh, don't we normally take the mandated break? That's correct. That's correct. The corporate mandated uh, break is up next. So enjoy your break. We'll be right back. And we're back, Jeff. Are are, are you ready to talk about some television? Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. So nice I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, I, I like your enthusiasm. There you go. Thank you. Um, what are we talking about this time? We are diving back into season four of the 2K12 Nickelodeon series. That is correct. Uh, season four is getting dangerously close to the end. So I, I guess what, what do we do when we run out, man? Well, I mean, you know, we go to season five. Well, yeah, but there's season five was like a shorter season. Like it's yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, we then have we have comics based on this series we can talk about. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So never ending like a bottomless pit of Ninja Turtles stuff. Um, before we move on uh, where we left off last after watching the first nine episodes of season four, uh, our turtles were still in space in space. And that were hanging out with a fugitoid. That's where we pick up. They're still out there. Um, there is a critical story like break in the middle of the episodes that we watched, but we don't end on a cliffhanger, which is good. Yeah. Uh, there are a few here that are pretty, pretty big episodes. Uh, I would probably argue that the first one is the biggest. Mm hmm. Uh, what'd you think of these nine episodes before we go into them individually? Overall, as a whole, I think it was an incredibly smart move to take an in, almost an entire season just devoted to space and a brand new setting because you can literally do anything. Anything's out there and nothing's off the table. You know, they could go to an upside down world. They could do go to a world where, you know... Whatever. You know what I mean. I got, I got nothing else past, yeah, <laughs> past yeah. that. But literally anything is possible. And um, it has just been an absolute ride. Like, this might be my one of my favorite seasons, period. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you're right. They did spend an, an extended amount of time in outer space. Yeah. Because uh, the season is 26 episodes. They've spent the first 14 of them in outer space. Yeah. Um. I don't want to say that's unheard of, but usually when the turtles go do something at a place, it's only like four or five episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, give us more. <laughs> uh, well, let's without further ado, let's just get to the to the fireworks. Right. Um, let's do episode number 10 of the season, and that is the transdimensional turtles. Uh, this one is very short, simple uh, description. The turtles are transported to a parallel universe where they meet their counterparts and together they battle Krang and Krang subprime. Uh, this episode had an early screening at WonderCon in uh, March uh, on March 26th of 2016, one day before its Nickelodeon broadcast date. So transdimensional turtles. This is the big crossover. Uh, this, this is where our 2012 turtles meet the 1987 turtles, uh, all voiced by their original voice actor actors, which is, that's great. Uh, same thing with Krang, correct? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I have my issues with this episode, but they aren't that complainy. Uh, there is towards the end of the episode, a, uh, a small portion where the 87 not, not the 87, the original comic turtles pop in. So it was kind of like a mini 22 minute turtles forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at the very least that like, it's a fun romp, but when it comes to 
adding to the grander story of the season, I think it falls way short of what it could have been. I'm actually going to agree. Um, I think they could have, while I enjoyed the episode, I do have my gripes with it, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I felt it could have been, you know, strung out for a couple of episodes. Um, mm-hmm. cause you know, we, we haven't reviewed the turtles forever, uh, movie yet. And of course I definitely have my gripes with that. Yeah. Um, but the getting to hear everybody just kind of play off each other with, you know, the original voice cast and, and the new, and of course, you know, there's, well, there's two original turtles here, you know? So that's fun to see, to see, to hear Rob Paulson, you know, trash talk, Rob Paulson. Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the, the elephant in the room, as it were, is the continued mistreatment of the 87 turtles. Um, it just, I, I, <laughs> I mean, yes, we know that the majority of the show, the original cartoon, was all jokes. Mm-hmm. And their their fighting skills and whatever was like, you know, second, third, or even fourth place. But if they just focused on that first season, which everybody loves. Yes, but it's, it would, is only it would, five episodes. It is. It would make me so much happier. Because, um, you know, they can go toe-to-toe. Um I just I it 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 hurts this you know this iteration is not nearly as bad as Turtles Forever no I will like mm, like this this one almost gets it like like at some point we have to acknowledge that the majority of the Ninja Turtles episodes from the 87 cartoon were nonsense comedy shows right yeah the majority of them so when you're making a you know a when you're bringing those turtles into another version that kind of has to be the 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 main thing that you touch upon Mm -hmm. because that's what the show was about there 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 were flashes here and there of the turtles being awesome you know like the first season and the red sky seasons but most of it was mikey using a grappling hook and them never using their weapons like that was most of the show with that in mind, I think it was fine. I think it was definitely more fine than Turtles Forever. Yeah, but I but I do, I do understand your your complaint, uh, and 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 that goes back to you know one of my one of the things that I, I feel like Nickelodeon is eventually going to do, and that is have a TV show in the '87 universe where the turtles are taken seriously. That would be fun. I I would enjoy that. I don't know why they included this version. Or this episode during the outer space arc. Yeah. It, there was no I, reason for it to be. There is a little confusion on that. Um, the, the, the Maybe. No, there was no. The, this should have been later in the season after they resolve the outer space stuff. So they yeah. don't have to preface the episode in the beginning with all of this outer space, you know, story to justify them disappearing. Yeah. Like, just have them be in the lair. Like playing a video game or something and zoom they're out like don't waste that time it's only 22 minutes you need to shove as much of the 80s turtles in there as possible uh that's not a complaint that's more of a you didn't have to do it the way you did it (laughs) right and 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 maybe they just got caught up in the the the, uh, production schedule and they wanted to have it for a specific date maybe it was sweeps week or something i don't know yeah um 
but it, it, this this is a fun episode, and I really really liked the uh, the like the 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 visual approach they took to the Mirage Turtles. Yeah, that was stylistically that was just Chef Kiss. Like it yeah. was it was really really cool. Because um, yeah, this was my first time great. watching it, so I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Do you, do you have any nuggets for transdimensional turtles? Oh, do I? Uh, of course, we get weapons jokes. Um, uh, 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 2K12, uh, Mikey. <laughs> What's up with the man baby body for crying? I, I absolutely <laughs> love that. I just laughed so hard. Um, uh, when the turtles are thrown into, when they go through the dimensional portal, it's reminiscent of um, them being flung through time in the uh the super nintendo game and the arcade game yep um <laughs> krang subprime mentions megan fox <laughs> <laughs> which yep. i thought was uh, hilarious yeah um, that was a really nice touch <laughs> uh, of course we get to see the technodrome um uh, one of my favorite moments is when krang gets knocked down and they just stomp the crap out of him i just could not stop laughing yeah what i really appreciated was the 2012 turtles drawn in two dimensions yeah i mean the animation could have been better but it 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 got the job done yeah um like this could have been a great like they could have even turned this into a movie um yeah easily easily And, and it felt once they introduced the the four you know, Mirage Turtles it or Turtles Prime, like it really felt like Turtles Forever. Yeah. Just just thematically speaking. Um, I really like that they contextualized Krang in the world of the 2012 Turtles, almost like that, like, like they were retcon retconning Krang as a character from like from the jump or giving context to it, because like he, he was banished from dimension X. So we kind of found out why. Yeah. It, well, exactly, exactly. But, yeah. but it's they're they're framing it as if Krang was originally from the 2012 cartoon, but he was banished before the events of it. Yeah. You know, which is a really fun way to frame it. Uh, even though it may not really fit stylistically, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like they did work that they didn't have to do. And I appreciate that. Yeah, that 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 was a nice little touch um, that I that, um, that they did, and of course uh, we know we get uh, Gilbert Godfrey as Krang Subprime, so that's like the most perfect voice ever. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey arguing with the original Krang is fantastic. It really, really was. Uh, so 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 yeah. As I said, the 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 few gripes that I have are. They're really nothing overall. It, it, it's it's such a fun episode that they could have set it anywhere in the timeline and out of been fine. Yeah. It just seemed really silly putting it in the space timeline when there's no need for it to be there. Yeah, I will. I will agree with that. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we move on? Any more nuggets? Mm, well, I think that's about it. Um, let's see. Yeah. I, well, I do love there's a there's a it's not really a nugget, but like a moment where um, 
Krang and Krang subprime are arguing and they're like, well, you know, it's like, oh, this and then that. And it's like, you can just look at the background and the turtles are taking out all the Krang bots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that a, was a nice touch. Yeah, it's just a nice, nice moment. Yeah. Uh, so like the weird thing is how they ended the episode with Tiger Claw coming out of a like one of the worms in yeah, I've, the 87 universe. Like, I feel that's from I thought that that they reused that from something else. There wasn't uh, uh, there was an episode, I believe, earlier that season where Tiger Claw got eaten by a big worm. And so did uh, Casey Jones. He was in a worm for a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, are they trying to say that this takes place during that episode? Yeah, it is a little confusing. Uh, and that's fine. Like, if if if, if that's what you're doing to ground it in the 2012 universe. How does he get home? Yeah, that's more questions. Yeah. Cause, cause he does show up later in the season. So he did come home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I've got. Yep. That's about, let's yeah, no, no more, no more goodies. No more goodies. Oh, wait, there's a, there is a moment when, uh, they're fighting and rough, uh, uh, the turtles are fighting and after being, uh, captured by the uh, crane, then Raphael just throws a pizza randomly. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then 2K12 Raph is like, "Where did you even get pizza from?" Oh yeah, yeah. He and he throws it in the st- like, like from the the original opening. Like yeah, yeah. Just real. It's just so dumb. Excellent, but dumb. Yeah, that's really nice. Description of the next episode, but I can't find anything that is substantial. Or that is the right length to just read out, you know. One thing that did irritate me is like um, when in, in the episode when they're in the 2D Turtles world, Krang's android body is like he's he's ripped. He's like the muscular one that we all know um, from that fir- you know those first batch of episodes. Then you go to the 3D Turtles world, and he's shaped so freaking weird. I was like, come on. <laughs> I just didn't care for that design. It's kind of like Neca's, you know figure release for that and i was like come on guys i i like i like dumpy krang i i'm 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 more I, yeah i'm not a i'm not a dad bod krang guy yeah uh, I, I definitely give me, the, give me the arnold schwarzenegger ripped krang nah. yeah like like you have to remember it's a robot so like putting fake muscles on a robot does not make any sense hey look come on I, i'm not wrong i mean Explain it to the, about the Terminator. <laughs> well, the Terminator's trying to infiltrate regular humans. That makes sense. Yeah. The Krang is not could be infiltrating to, pro wrestling. No, I mean, it could be infiltrating pro wrestling. It'd be fun. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Revenge of the Triceratons. Uh, Donatello is feeling inferior to the Fugitoid, but his intellect is put to the test when the Triceratons attack. And that's the longest synopsis I could find that wasn't like, you know, five paragraphs long. I, I don't remember much of anything about this episode. It, did, it, it, did you watch it? I absolutely watched it, but sure? it was, Oh, absolutely. Yes. But it was one of those that well, I think what two things happens happened. Like the Triceratons got back the two pieces of the black, the, the black hole generator. And that's it. When it comes to the overall, the overall story, Nothing else in this episode really matters. I mean, the professor got 
severed. Right. But by the end of the episode, he was back together. Yeah. So that technically didn't happen. If he, if it returned to normal by the end of the episode, then it didn't happen. The only change from episode to episode, like if you missed this week's episode, the only part of the story you're really missing is that the Triceratons got two of the black hole generator pieces from the turtles. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was, you know, it's a space adventure. Yay. But, but like, what do you have for, for revenge of the Triceratons? I, I absolutely just love the stupid cartoons. I love the Chris, was it Chris Bradford and the two rough crew? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just such a good time. Because <laughs> it's all about product placement. And he's not wrong. That's all it was. Really? Yeah. I, did, I, was like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, well, in the sense of like, we all know cartoons were designed to sell kids stuff. Mr. T uh, cartoon. And he had Mr. T cereal. You know, that's also yeah. another, you know, another thing. So I was like, Chris Bradford's energy drink. Blah, 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 blah. Drink this up. It's <laughs> like, just get out of here. <laughs> I just love how stupid it is. I I, I love how like the, the, this this show just completely ignores. It doesn't ignore the fact that Bradford has mutated twice since then. The turtles yeah. just don't seem to care. Yeah, they're just like Chris Bradford's still cool. Let's keep watching his show, even though he is literally one of our bad guys now. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they just kind of forgot. They don't care. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got nothing for this episode, man. Really? Nothing at all? Yeah, like, it's fine, but when nothing happens, I don't hold on to much in my brain. Like, my brain dumps anything that's unimportant when it comes to watching these episodes. I mean, we got Space Gremlins. Yeah. Um, Easter egg-wise, um, you know, the ship gets damaged and needs to be repaired a lot. In these episodes, it's almost like every episode or every other episode. I was like, how are they going to get wrecked this week? Um, but when the uh, the warp engine is hit, it's the sound effect that the Millennium Falcon makes when its hyperdrive wouldn't work. Yeah. 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 And they use that a couple of times. Um, and I was like, I know that sound. And I believe also the Wilhelm scream is also. Nice. Uh, in this, which is the the most used sound effect in film and television history. Nice. Yeah, I, this is fine. It's it's fine. Like if we if if you have anything else to say, I'll be glad to hear it. But I am also completely OK with moving on to the next episode. Well, like you saw, like, you know, Donatello have his doubts about himself. Yeah. You know, and it's like, Professor, you're way smarter than I am, you know, stuff like that. So that was that was kind of nice to see kind of like. You know, because normally he's he's always upbeat. So it's an interesting, uh, you know, little little change of character there uh, for me. Because, you know, we've all dealt with that. Yeah. Um, like imposter and, syndrome. Yeah. Or just not feeling up to a task or, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can't do this. You know, it's like everybody's everybody's been there. Um, and of course, by the end, you know, and he, you know, he's all. She's always all put back together. And it's like, oh, you did it. Even, you know, put me back together better than before. And the hug just floored me. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it's like too tight. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's, that's a hard machine hug. Uh, you know, 
but no, I, I, this was just a great fun space adventure, um, episode. I just, I re, I really enjoyed this one a lot, but yeah, it didn't really, there's not really much to it as in the way of plot. Um, it's a little bit of a deviation, but you know, this, this stuff is going to happen in these, in, in these shows from time oh, yeah. to time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, this, don't get me wrong. This isn't a complaint. It's just, I don't have much to say about it. Yeah. You know, like watch it, enjoy it. But I, I got nothing. Yeah. Let's move to an episode that I do have something to say about. Uh, the evil of Dreg. Uh, Raphael, uh, when Raphael loses his fighting mojo after seemingly being betrayed by Mona Lisa on Sectoid 1, he must overcome his feelings to save his brothers from certain doom at the hands of Lord Dreg and Armagon. Now, this episode went places. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, we, we did, we've met Mona Lisa played by Zelda Williams a few times this season. And we have established that her and Raphael are fond of each other. Like this isn't a, uh, this isn't just a crush that Raphael has. This is like, Hey, we, we dig each other. This is mutual, which is kind of a, a first for this show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her to backstab the turtles by leading them directly into the hands of drag. Like that's a, that, like that's a big plot point. You know, that is, it, it's big for Raphael. It's big for the turtles. It's big for the overall story they're telling. And the, like, I don't, I can't. Okay. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let you talk. Cause I have to think about what my complaint was. <laughs> oh. Cause I had one, I had one, but I have to organize my thoughts. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of this one? Like, when I I enjoyed this episode and like when we when we first see Mona Lisa I was like mm, something feels off like I feel like there's gonna be a turn or something's coming um and uh, I was right um <laughs> yes you well right. <laughs> just, yeah, collect, collect my thoughts here yeah I I will give the episode this I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So really? they, they they didn't trick you, but they tricked me. Huh. Well, but it, I I guess again, this is a kid show. I say this all the time. This is a kid show. I should not be thinking this deeply about the plot points of a, a betrayal storyline, but like yeah. When Mona Lisa approaches the the turtles and pitches them the idea that Sal Commander had been, you know, taken captive and that they have to come save him or whatever. There's nothing stopping her from just telling the turtles the truth. That is very true. Like literally nothing. It's like, hey, I'm supposed to be here tricking you, but I'm not actually tricking you. I would never lie to you, Raphael. You know how I feel. Um, but here's the plan. We have to go back and do blah, blah, blah for Dreg. Like there needed to be some sort of plot device in place where Dreg knows what Mona Lisa is doing, like a tracker or some sort of, you know, uh, voice recorder that he can check and make sure that she's actually doing his bidding and not, you know, triple crossing him. Right. Of course, that's asking too much of this. I'm being the jerk right now, but that's the first thing. That's the first place my mind, my mind went was why didn't she just tell him? Yeah, no, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, what, what else you got? It's a disgusting episode. I freaking hate these bugs. They're just gross <laughs> and just, uh, uh nah. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Donnie getting stung in the face 
which was hilarious. And I was like, oh, no, not space bugs. You know, because I've, I've seen enough Star Trek. And I was like, nah, man, Alien Worlds is like, you don't want to mess with any of that stuff. You know, you, you never. Of course, there was nothing, you know, to that. Yeah, um, but it was really funny. It was. Um, I like and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this already. I like Dreg's designs, but I hate his voice. His voice is not terrifying. It's not menacing. It's not anywhere close to the the the, the terrifying tones of Tony J, um, where oh, he man. he looked. I know. Look, you're not going to match him, but he just looked terrifying, and he just that 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 presence is you know kind of like you know because he was also the voice of Shere Khan on Tailspin, and when you go and do like the live action movies, the Disney one, I was like, I am not terrified of this voice at all. Because you're supposed to be terrified of Shere Khan. It's a freaking tiger. It's all in the, you know, the look and the, you know, and everything. So it's like, it just wasn't there. It's just like, he's like a rodeo clown. <laughs> they, d- I, I think the bigger complaint then here is his portrayal, not necessarily the voice. Because right. he is kind of a chucklehead in this show. Yeah. You know? What it comes down to is he's clown shoes and the voice they have for him doesn't really matter if he's going to be clown shoes. Um, But it's hard for me to 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 say Peter Stormare is a bad choice for anything. Yeah, but he just he just doesn't fit for this. Um, And I and I vaguely remember us having the same conversation last time because I am a big Peter Stormare fan. Yeah. but I don't like Lord Dreg as a character anyway, like just across the board. So I have I really have no dog in this race. Um, yeah. Was he this insecty in the original cartoon? Not no. Not no or actually no. No. He's I mean, very he, much a bug. I mean, he didn't look that buggy. Um. Uh, well, he had he had antennae. So I, I guess, yeah, I, I guess he's technically well, actually, no, like looking at a, a shot of him from the original show, he could just be an alien. He doesn't have to be a bug. Right now, his design is pretty cool, though, like because it looks like it's like his his whole body is kind of like see through. So it looks like the um the glitter, like purple glitter galaxy slime. <laughs> yes, you know? yes, he does. Yeah. So, of course, I'm always happy to see Armagon. Uh, oh, Ar- Armagon's he chewed, no pun intended, he chews up every scene he is in. Yeah. And to see him die in the Sarlacc pit was fantastic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not dead. You're right. I'm, I'm not sure he's dead, but he did fall into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, yeah. And or it's a like, oh, Sarlacc yeah. pit-like. Yeah, yeah, we know that, know that belch anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, that's actually one of my notes. So I beat you to it. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was surprised they didn't do in any of these, these space episodes was introduced. Did, did they, they didn't introduce Maligna, did they? Um, who was Maligna? Maligna. She was the, uh, like the, the, the queen insect lady from, from the Archie series. Yeah. Oh. I, he, yeah. Like aspects of Lord Dreg is, are, is very Maligna like it even says it on the turtle Like 
he's basically the queen bee of his, you know, insect kingdom yeah. or whatever, which seems like a, a real missed opportunity when you already have an insect queen character you could have right. referenced. It's fine. It, but if you're going to have space insects, why not have your space insect character? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, anything else for the e- evil of drag? Any nuggets? Um, well, you got a couple of them. Um, I loved the design of Dreg's castle. That was very like <laughs> Masters of the Universe style. Oh, and the turtles even call it out. They don't yeah. say Masters of the Universe, but they do call out the fake Krognard. Masters of the Universe. Yeah, the other yeah. Krognard. Yeah. Well, that was more like well, Krognard is basically the combination of uh, Thunder the Bar- Barbarian and Masters of the Universe. Yes. It's like a beautiful mish mash. Um, yeah, I loved that imagery. Like when they're running away from it, uh, that was really cool. And that whole like planet was cool. And then like the freaking Fugitoid turning into a giant, you know, sun cannon of doom. I was like, whoa, that was <laughs> freaking wicked. Um, that was really, really cool. And I like the little bro- brother moments where, you know, uh, Mona Lisa and Raphael meet again at the beginning. And of course, Mikey's teasing him. He's like, kissy, kissy. He's like, get out of here. You know, <laughs> I, I love, I love those little moments. Cause you know, those are the special little touches that we get. Um, you know, with this show, cause it's, they, this definitely, and they did it in 2k3, but they played up more. There's the brotherly, you know, jabbing, uh, with one another. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the ever burning fire. Is that fine? Yeah. Okay. The ever burning fire, uh, episode 13, uh, the turtles must overcome impossible odds. Uh, what? like the Triceratons and Lord Dreg in order to obtain the final black hole generator piece that is located on the lava planet of Magdomar, uh, guarded by the cosmic alligator snapping turtle like beast Toka. In the end, they lose all three pieces and Mozart calls them uh, at the end saying they're going uh, to use the black hole generator on earth. So uh, as expected, all of the pieces that they've been trying to find and gather and destroy have fallen into the bad guy's hands and uh, everything looks screwed. This, this is the episode where Toka's Toka is a Kaiju. Yep. Yeah. What's, what's the, what's the Kaiju that is the turtle? Gamera. Gamera. Yeah. Toka is Gamera. And I'm not a Godzilla guy. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not one of those weirdos. But hey, 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 that's 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 not nice. <laughs> look, look, I say it with all of the love. Just me and you, me and you turtles, weirdos. OK, oh. I think we can say that confidently. I'm not a Godzilla weirdo. Some people are wrestling weirdos. Some people are sports weirdos. I'm not a Godzilla weirdo, but this was a really cool episode. You could just say you're not a Godzilla guy. That doesn't carry the same weight as weirdo. Uh, well, look. Look, I, I don't agree with that because I am a Godzilla guy and a Gamera guy. They they are not related. Uh, two totally different companies. Okay, um, but, but they're they're kaiju in the same. It's the same style. Yeah, they're kaiju. They're giant monsters. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was cool. And the here's a situation where you have a turtle character, and you're like, let's pull a turtle character from Turtles lore. Like this is a great use of Toka. Yeah. Uh, 
especially since we already have our Razar uh, in the 2012, you know, lore. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the ever burning fire? I enjoyed this one uh, a great deal. Um, the, the the bigger question I have is, uh, you know, Raphael discovers uh, an egg, and inside that egg is a baby fire breathing turtle. And I'm like, are you going to grow up to be the size of Mama <laughs> Mama Toka? Uh, you know, <laughs> I I think we have to assume that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Spike's all grown up and gone. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Chompy. I was like, oh, I would want to say, hey, what what advantages can you have of a, a turtle that breathes fire? I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chompy Picasso is adorable. And it's cute that he breathes fire. But I think we can both agree that bringing him to Earth is objectively a bad idea. Yeah, it it it, it was. But I don't know if he shows up more because we haven't gotten you know that far. Not in these discussions, but yeah. he is in later episodes. We've already seen oh. him. Well, yeah, but like after what we've already watched is the question. Oh well, I don't, I don't know. I I think so. But yeah, if 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 he grows up to to <laughs> to be the size of a planet, there's gonna be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I really liked this episode, but mo- mostly because of the treatment of T- Toka. Like, it, it was it was a unique way to, to leverage that character. Uh, it fit well in the story they were telling with the 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 um the portal generator, you know, the the the, the MacGuffin of the three pieces. They, they finally tracked all of them down. They think they have their hands on one of them. They don't get it. It falls into to, to, to Mozart's hands and we have the big we clearly have the big final battle coming next episode so it's it's yeah um what else you got for the ever burning fire uh let's see you know dread captured and then uh, basically tricked and thrown into space so i was like is he dead and at one point i think it wasn't i don't think it was it wasn't this episode was like the previous one, like his head got knocked off and it looked like it was a, I was like, is that a robot? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it looked like a, a, a spray paint can nozzle. Yeah. So they're basically saying that he's not only a bug, he's a robot bug, which confuses the situation even more, especially considering they don't explain it in any way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, the drag stuff gets a bit weird. So it's, it's kind of, I kind of like that they just kind of ejected him out into space and we don't have to think about him anymore. Yeah. Like, it, and that also leaves the door open for, you know, him to return in the future. Maybe. Yeah. Um, especially if he's a robot, but for the, for functionally speaking, he's out of the picture. Yeah. Which I can appreciate because I don't care. Yeah. Uh, the Triceratons are the, the big baddie here and they ha- now have the heart of darkness. Um, which plays a, a very big part in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else before we move on to Earth's last stand? Mm, no, that's about it. No, no nuggets or anything? No, not really. All right. All right. Well, Earth's last stand, which I believe was the name of the DVD set when this originally came out. Um, as the team finally reaches Earth, 
the Fugitoid reveals a horrible secret about his past. He reveals that he was the creator of the Heart of Darkness. Uh, at the end of the episode, the Turtles warn Splinter uh, about Shredder's betrayal while Fugitoid flies himself and his spacecraft into the Triceraton mothership, along with the Heart of Darkness to destroy it, uh, taking the Triceratons and himself down with it. The Turtles, April and Casey, mourn his ultimate sacrifice uh, for their world. However, at the end of the episode, his head reactivates in the Triceraton rubble. So, uh, Turtles win. They, they are joined by a previous version of themselves that have not traveled into outer space yet. And then once the 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 problem is solved at the end, of course, the Fugitoid shows up and says, Hey, Turtles, for this to work, you've got to go out in space with me, which kind of closes the loop on the whole time paradox thing. Mm-hmm. Yet it doesn't because they're going out in space to do nothing now because they're not searching for the black hole generator because it's already been destroyed. So that creates a different kind of Tom time paradox. Yes. But I guess that's fine. Like theoretically speaking, there could be a spinoff show where it's just turtles in outer space because they don't have anything else to do. Right. But whatever, like that is that right there is where fan fiction picks up. Yeah. Yeah. Like you write the, the bonus season of the turtles in space where they're just traveling with the fugitoids solving space crimes. Hey, I'd watch it. <laughs> be fun. Uh, what you got for Earth's last stand? Oh man, like the big uh probably the biggest thing uh that reveal that the fugitoid created the the black hole generator for money. Right? I mean, I was like, "Wait, what? A minute now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I like that it it's kind of a, a twist on the original Fugitoid story because originally he had the technology and he refused to build it. Yeah. In this one, he has a technology that is similar. Black, black hole teleportation. It's kind of the same genre of technology, right? He built it in this one. Like he took the money and built it and, you know, didn't think twice. So it's kind of the, kind of, kind of the other side of the coin of the original Fugitoid story. Yeah, it's a it's a twist, and I was like, I was not prepared um, for that. Um, yeah, which and and not only did it transform like the character, but it also transformed the nature of his arc as a whole. Like he 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 turned from just you know a simple helper that they find in outer space, or that you know that comes in to save the day, mm-hmm. turns into a redemption arc for his character. Yeah, that we didn't see coming, and it, that makes it mean it, it makes the character mean more to the lore and i appreciate it a lot a lot as did i um we also get something completely off character for leo with him acting like Raphael. And i was like yeah i'm gonna go all last starfighter and you know just go out here and take everybody on i'm like no you're not you're you're, yeah. you're, you're no you're no alex rogan you can't do this by yourself <laughs> yeah i was not not a huge fan of him doing that <laughs> Not at all. Well, you know, it all it all backfired. Yeah. Um, almost got him killed too. I was like, "Come on, come on, Leo." Um, and of course, when we get back to when they go back to Earth to to stop the Triceratons, like you just they're they're freaking huge dinosaur people. They're already formidable, but I think this version of the Triceratons is probably the most formidable. Oh, absolutely. 
So, so, so I would assume you're satisfied with the action in this episode. Oh yeah, it's all over the place, and you know everybody's given a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. You know, there's one thing about these episodes, like they're everything's always just timed perfectly and well acted, and just you know everybody, you know, and I'm Seth Green is growing on me as as Leo. <laughs> I've kind of forgotten what the other guy. <laughs> sounded like but you know he shouldn't have screwed up and lost his job yeah so yeah. you know Seth Green's like, not a bad Leo he's, he's definitely not Chris Griffin <laughs> no because he only has like you know two voices but you know and, and it's fine Seth is Seth, Seth is just he's a good dude overall but you know it, it's grown on me it's grown on me so yeah so uh are we just gonna ignore the fact that um the fugitoid committed genocide? No, 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 we are not. Because <laughs> um, that's what he did. That's that's what he did. That was just so intense. Yeah. But he's not gone. It's, no. At the end, you see his, his head in space and it's like reactivated. It's like, of course he's not gone. But you know who is gone? The entire Triceraton race. Yep. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with it. It's just, it's, it's, it's something, if you look at it with like outsider eyes, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, and this is for kind of a first for a kid show. Genocide? Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, how do we know that there's not more out there? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like every time we've met the Triceratons in, you know, turtle world, those little planet chunks are that's like that's the home world that is what's left of the triceratons so hmm. maybe he just transported them to another dimension who knows i don't know that looked pretty explodey to me <laughs> like I'm, i've got it up right now just kind of like you know I, I have it on in the background you know uh just to kind of yeah if I, if i miss something i was like he, he pulled a he pulled an Independence Day and went. He really did. Right up there. But let's see here. Kind of disappeared. Let's see. Like you don't see like when I at, at the end, when you see the pieces in space, it's well, no, that's that's pieces of planet. Yeah, I guess it's best we don't ask questions. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we should note that the the um, Utanimals show up to help help with the fight. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess to communicate the gravity of the battle, you have all of the, ba- the you know, the good guys show up, um, mm. but the muck man is there for some reason. Um, no, I don't remember seeing them in this. Oh no, he's there. He was there. I promise you he was there because he see, he was way out of place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. They don't do anything with him, but he's there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, d- I don't have anything else. For, for this one if this i i feel like this is a satisfactory conclusion to the to the space arc yeah uh, they spent plenty of time out there we got plenty of uh plenty of mileage out of the the space specific characters like fugitoid and armagon and and drag like i don't feel like they left anything on the table yeah uh and they they squeezed as much out of david Tennant as they possibly could Oh my God, he was just an absolute riot. He must have had a blast working on this show because he yeah. just his his 
every time he's on screen, it just it, he he steals the show. Oh, he's he's the best fugitoid. Period. Yeah, maybe not the best story. Like I still like the original fugitoid story better. But if we're talking actor playing fugitoid or portrayal of fugitoid, he he is it. Yeah. Not that there's yeah. that many other ones, but he's the best one. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely like that. All right. Well, Jeff, are you ready for more adventures in New York? I am. All right. Well, let's move on to City at War, a oddly named episode. Yeah. Um, I we, <laughs> weeks after the Triceratons, Triceratons were stopped, the Turtles now celebrate April's full transition to Konoich. Uh, they find out Karai has returned and uh, her brain worm is gone because she vowed to restore the Foot Clan and undo the damage the Shredder has done to the clan with the help of her old friend from Japan, Shish- Shinigami. Yeah, that, Shinigami. That all rhymed, by the way. Wow. Uh, it is revealed that Shredder is alive, but gravely injured from the previous episode, who now uses and he now uses mutagen provided by Stockman to speed up his recovery and to further increase his strength. All right. Small stop. Do you remember him being injured in the previous episode? No. Exactly. He Oh, wait. was incapacitated by Splinter. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah, he beat the crap out of him. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He okay. be- he beat him with some nonsense ninja no, two-finger no punch. No, two-finger no, no. so, like Vulcan okay. nerve pinch nonsense. No, 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 no. That's not nonsense. He's he was hitting pressure points. That's a real thing. So there are things that you can do to disable, you know, someone's arm or use of an arm. There there are yes, that's very real. I'm not saying pressure points aren't real. What I'm saying is he's not going to put the shredder in a coma with a pressure point. You he's not doing watch that. that episode. Cause he beat that mm, out of him. No, he, he did. He hit him with fingers. He hit him with fingers. That's what ultimately not took him out. Look, there's a whole anime called fist of the North star where literally could do can like touch somebody with one touch and their head explodes. Okay. So yeah. And all you're arguing is that anime doesn't make sense. Sometimes <laughs> it, Never makes sense. <laughs> it's no, no. Yeah, this is like, this is very common like martial arts knowledge. Yeah, like yes, there was a a struggle between the two, but the quote unquote killing blow was basically him pinching the pinching Shredder's face. I wouldn't say a killing blow, but like definitely like I'm gonna incapacitate you because I'm like okay, you're I I've had enough of you. Yeah, I, and I'm and the thing is is stop right there i'm fine you incapacitate him for the meantime you know oh no he can't fight anymore for today that's perfect perfectly fine i i am on board with that but to think that what splinter did to him in that moment basically put him in a functional coma is ludicrous um it's fine Uh, but again cartoon whatever we need a reason to plug shredder up into some mutagen fine yeah your Uh, favorite (laughs) <laughs> which <laughs> they're absolutely telegraphing exactly what you think they're telegraphing. I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is this episode named city at war? I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like <laughs> it, it is very irritating. <laughs> Cause there's not, it's not really 
that. There's not really none of that. Yeah. Like, I guess it's named City of War because Karai is in town taking over the Foot Clan in the absence of the Shredder. Yeah. You know, like, on a very surface level, it is similar in that way. Yeah. But there's very little hint here that the city's actually at war in this episode. Yeah. In later episodes, they do hint at it and they, you know, other factions pop up to try to, you know, get a piece of the pie. But this episode is not that this episode is, Hey, here's what Karai's up to. Hey, here's a new friend that we're meeting. Who's really cool. And then here's some fight scenes and here's the status of the shredder. Like it's, it's not as important of an episode that it would justify the name city at war. Yeah. The episode itself is perfectly fine. Like I actually kind of love this new witch character. I do too. She's kind of reminiscent of the, uh, the vampire character from next mutation, but way cooler. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a pull. I did not even think about that. Right. First, first thing I thought of it, she's cooler. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, has a very Elvira, you know, goth girl. Yep. Vibe. Yeah. Shinigami. Shinigami. Yeah. Um, and, she was a new character for this this show. Um, she apparently showed up in a comic based on this show, but hasn't really been in anything else significant since then. Uh, I wouldn't hate if they were to introduce her in something else, but yeah. uh, I kind of dig her. She like she can hold her own in a way that other you know previous characters can't. She is mysterious in that we don't really know what she can do. Mm-hmm. And her being witchy is, a, I hate to put it this way, but it's a vibe. It's an absolute vibe. Yeah. And uh, we should also note that Mikey is vibing to the goth girl scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the episode is, it's a really good episode. It, it it does a good job of establishing the the state of the world post space adventure. So I, I do appreciate that. And the, yeah. the 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 setup with the shredder you know taking a mutagen as a uh, as a, as a, as a medicine is leading to where we think it's going to lead like the, the, they're closing this out exactly as you would expect them to close the ser- the the you know season 4 out yeah um what else you got um i really don't have any like goodies or nuggets or anything like that um I just liked the, I just liked the entire like inclusion of characters in this like you know Tiger Claw and whatnot and um, I'm always happy to see Tiger Claw um, and um, it was just it was just a lot of fun like you know I know we didn't talk about really April becoming a Kono each um, and uh, you know her uniform's kind of reminiscent of uh, Bruce Lee from uh, Game of Death. Uh, so, you know, you know, different colors, but it, it's it's similar. Um, and uh, <laughs> the part where she didn't she kick Tiger Claw in the uh, in the, the Tiger spot? Claw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was that was, that was fun. Um, uh, that that was hilarious. But like, you know, it's like you kind of feel for her because, you know, she's like, oh, I finally attained this. And then she just gets her butt handed to her 
like her first night. So you feel, you know, you feel bad for her, but then of course she redeems herself. Um, she has a little bit more training to do. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, I, I felt like this was a fun episode, but yeah, like why call it city at war? Cause like, you know, that's such a pivotal, uh, moment in, right. in turtle in turtles history. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I want that as a movie. They could, they could do that for an hour to two hours. That it. Oh, without a doubt. Be perfect. Like city at war is arguably the best Ninja Turtles story ever told. It's definitely and, one of the, one of the best. And as good as this episode is, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, just seems weird. You know, like, I, I guess they had it on a whiteboard. They were like, can we just name it city at war? Cause we're not going to use that name for any of these other episodes. And someone said, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I forget anything else for city at war before we move on. No, that's about it. Okay. Well, let's move on to broken foot. Episode 16. Uh, when Leonardo secretly allies himself with Karai, who now has foot soldiers of her own, uh, he gets himself into deeper danger than he could have realized, uh, such as Donatello getting injured from explosives and the turtles and Karai close to death in the foot soldier factory. In the end, Karai no longer wants to go after Shredder's belongings, but she wants to go after the Shredder himself. Uh, this one is littered with, like... I guess by Shellhead's definitions, nuggets. Uh, but what what before we dive into what I feel those are, wh- how do you, how this episode go for you? Um, I we don't get any like I the the biggest like I think plot hole was where did Leonardo get those that shadow armor stuff? Well, I don't know. The plot hole is kind of that's giving it too much weight, but. He lives in the sewer. Like there's stuff around. You can just grab it. it the, obvi- the armor is cool looking, and it's clearly an homage to the IDW series and yeah. his his costume during City Fall. And I looked at the dates just to make sure because I do remember thinking, oh, they gave him a City Fall costume when I originally watched this, and and the dates line up. Like City Fall was in like 2013. This episode was 2016. So it was already an established thing. Uh, yeah, but still it would be nice to get some kind of like, you know, cause I was like, wait, did, am I watching the right episode? Did I miss something? Cause that confused <laughs> the crap out of me. I'm like, wait a minute. I will give you that. Like there wasn't even a scene of him putting it on. He just kind of shows up on screen. <laughs> You're like, what's up everybody. I'm emo now. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's, um, so you've been listening to too much. My chemical romance. What's, what's happening here? <laughs> my chemical Leonardo. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. That is, that's a fair critique. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get Hun returns, but I was like, eh, it's just, just not a good Hun. Not a good Hun. And they immediately take care of him. Like, yeah, he, he was what locked up in the first five minutes, I think. Yeah. It was just nothing. Just nothing. I was like, ah, come on guys. It's like, good, good. No, no, hashtag not my Hun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they could have kept some of that money, though. No, you don't keep. No, that's blood money, man. Hey, look, you wash it off. <laughs> so now, the, so now the turtles are money launderers. Look, <laughs> look, you got to do something to buy all those pizzas, and you know, hey, how, how you getting, how you affording all this stuff? That's funny. You know, pl- more plot holes. It's like in sliders. Like, where are you guys getting money? 
How y'all get money every episode to buy stuff? Look, you can't you can't look too deep into Turtles lore, or most of it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they like, live well, they live in the sewer, man. They don't have jobs. Well, unless you count TMNT 07. Yeah, well, yeah, but they did literally have jobs. It it took them what twenty five years almost to to figure out how to get these turtles some jobs. Yeah. Well, now everybody can work from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tech support. Oh, you did where? Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Um, I would like to also point out that Donatello almost dying. I feel like that is yet another reference to the IDW series. Yeah, that was very intense. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the same style of almost dying and it wasn't, it wasn't as intense, but it was reminiscent of what happened in the comic. You know, like the turtles aren't quite behaving the way they should. Like they're, they're doing things that are a little out of character and it comes back to bite them in the butt in both and both times it's Donatello almost dying. So, uh, I really appreciated that, especially since I was completely caught up on the IDW book at the time. So I was like, dude, this like they're making these for me, man. So yeah, that, I, I greatly yeah. appreciated that. Um, oh, what else? There was one other thing where I was like, man, they're really they're really trying to squeeze as much out of this this fruit as possible. Um, it was uh, oh, when the, it was the Nightwatcher re- reference. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, I guess I guess if you have a, a vigilante turtle, you kind of have to make a Night Watcher reference. I just with all of these things already happening in the episode, piling that on top of it is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for what's this one called? Broken foot. Um, I really I really liked um, the Red Foot Ninja from Japan. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. Though. I was like, why are they why are they all red? But then you know we have the, like the, you know elite foot, you know that are all red. So I guess you know something different. But um, you have to have, you have to do something to distinguish them. Well, this is true. Um, it reminds me of this really bad movie called Ninja Terminator, which which has no Terminators in it, but it has like all these different colored ninjas, and one of them is red, and it's just, it's such a terrible like mystery science theater movie that's just. A lot of fun. And so like immediately when I saw Red Ninjas, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Who's the uh, Red Ninja from Mortal Kombat? Is that Rain? No, that's Ermac. Just a bunch Ermac. of Ermacs on screen. No, I thought Ermac was uh, all black. No, that's Noob Cybot. Oh. I don't know why I know any of this. I've, mm. I'm not that into Mortal Kombat, but I do know me some ninja names. Rain was blue or purple. There's so many games, it's hard to keep up. Uh, they swap stuff out so often. Yeah, rain was purple. Okay, I'll I'll stop. Um, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I do like the uh, was it the was was it mazes mazes and mutants in the beginning? Oh, the Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, no wait, that's not wait. Was that, where was that? Hang on. I'm pretty sure that was the beginning of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what everyone's playing when Leonardo was off being the Night Watcher. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, Leo's not here, so play with Ice Cream Kitty. I was like, aww. <laughs> Do love Ice Cream Kitty. Um, That was really cool. Um, here's, uh, oh, like, 
one of the things that I loved, you know, because I, you know, because it's it, it, it's it's no surprise that I love robots. I love mecha. I love all that stuff. And this definitely is one of my favorite episodes because they they go to infiltrate like a footbot uh, uh, warehouse yeah, manufacturing plant or whatever. Yeah, but but they're like super elite, um, like Chris Bradford, you know, style. Uh, if if y'all remember, because he was like an elite um, before he got you know oozed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is very reminiscent of you know the uh, uh, you know the end the uh, manufacturing uh, scene in Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I I I love like these these footbot fights. You know, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So we ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. Insecta trifecta. Uh, Raphael must overcome his fear of insects to help the team when they're forced to battle Stockman Fly's new insect minions, Scumbug and Antrax, uh, who have captured Casey Jones, April O'Neil, Leo, and Karai at the time when Shredder was recuperating. I don't know if I like how that's worded, but whatever. Uh so yeah, we get three different bugs and we lean very heavily into Raphael's uh insectophobia, insectophobia that he claims to have overcome because of his uh his you know fight with Dreg in outer space. I liked this episode. I don't think anything that important comes of it. Uh it, it was nice for them to kind of sneak scumbug and anthrax in at the last minute. Uh what'd you think? And another another disgusting episode with with bugs. Word. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, this is this is just disgusting. I was like, was that Nolan North that they just? Uh, it, it's so. There's something that this series does so well because you know we know Ciro Ciro is a huge horror fan, and so mm-hmm. when they do horror elements, it's just, it's it's dark. It's something that, you know, you don't really see on kids' TV. And so when, you know, Baxter is tending to, you know, a very sick shredder, um, he's like, oh, I got you. He's like, I got you, dog. Don't worry. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be numero uno in your eyes, and so I'm going to get some dude off the street. And I was like, this dude's got a dude, dude's got a job, probably maybe a family or something. I was like, I'm just gonna throw him in the vat. It's <laughs> it's horrible. Like you feel for these people. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think about it really before, but I'm like, oh man, that psychologically, this probably messed some kids up. Yeah, yeah. You you think deeply for about any of these mutations. It's like, oh, oh, that you've completely ruined their life. They can't go back home. Like, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible yeah but i i do like that they gave stockman a uh they gave him drive like shredder purpose yeah and purpose yeah shredder tells him he's doing a good job and that he's loyal and that gives him the gumption to be like you know what i i am good at my job let me let me ramp up what i'm doing you know let me step up my game and out of it pops two brand new characters you know yeah. Uh, what do you think of the two in the two, the two new insects? Oh, a scumbug. And what was the other one? Ant, ant, was it anthrax or anthrax? Anthrax. I was like, yep, that's this. Those bugs are coming out of his butt. Yeah. That's who, that's, uh, 
That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure you're aware. Anthrax was like that was a, an old. That's an old character. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if he was ever in the original show. I know he had an action figure. Is that that purple purple dude with the uh, like like a bounty hunter or something? Yeah. Okay. Yes, he was in the original cartoon. Yes, he was. Uh, he was a purple dude, and he was an ant. Uh, I don't I don't know if we've gotten to his episode yet. I don't think so. Let's see. He made his debut in Night of the Rogues, which isn't an episode we've watched yet. So. So, yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten to him, but he is definitely in the original series. And there definitely was an action figure of him (laughs) and a NECA action figure of him. So so like it's I guess he's a bigger deal than either of either of us realize uh he's yeah. barely a character in this one he's just a ant that can split himself almost like infinitely into a colony of ants i guess yeah um but I, i'm i'm glad they're using these characters that already exist yeah scumbug was significantly grosser yeah wasn't that the the big like flying toy uh no, no, I don't think so. No, Scumbug was not. No, he was a regular sized toy and he was and he was actually a pretty common figure. Well, OK, I'm getting him confused with something different. Yeah, he Scumbug's been in a lot of stuff. He was in the Archie comics. Um, he's been in IDW. He's had a couple of action figures. He was in two different television series and of course he was in mutant mayhem or she was in mutant mayhem mm-hmm. so yeah scumbug is is significantly more um vetted than anthrax but the NECA figure was that was the two-pack the two-pack was anthrax and scum scumbug yeah which is kind of cool yeah the most yeah, disgusting he... sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead say it. the most the most disgusting thing was when his butt opened up and you got this like weird it's like a goo. His freaking anus had teeth and it was like spitting <laughs> juices. I was like, no, how did this get past <laughs> broadcast standards and practices? <laughs> like, you know, you know, a robot monkey thing with uh, <laughs> butt cannons is fine, but nah, when you got a bug opening up his butt and his anus has teeth shooting, shooting out juice. I mean, no, this is not cool. <laughs> I, I don't know where you stand on pets, um, but have you ever had a dog and had to express the dog's anal glands? Nope. So that's totally a thing. Like if dogs are like rubbing their their butthole on the carpet too much, uh, that just means that their their glands are like full and you kind of got to get in there and do some business. That's what or this they have worms. It could be that, but it also it's very common that they just they you got to express those glands. This is that's what this reminded me of. No, which is real gross. All of it is just just really bad. (sighs) Just (laughs) basically took a dump on Casey Jones. I was like, this is not okay. I'm so glad I was not eating anything when that scene came on. I was like, I just no, I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm just no. Can can you see the the like the the notes that they had to send with the episode to the network that said, uh, "Note that is not poop." <laughs> <sighs> but bug d- teeth juice. 
it's no. Yeah. No. It, it, no. I'm I'm okay with just, never having to watch this episode again. Oh, I I yeah, I it, I thought it was fun. Um Yeah. We, my favorite we, part of Scumbug is that he still has his tie on. Yeah, that is yeah, fancy. <laughs> it is fancy. Uh but we do get a new uh uh Tech Turtles backpack. Oh, yeah. What was it? It's like a, like a grappling hook thing with like Doc Ock, you know, like arms. Oh yeah, yeah. For a second, yeah. Grapple action turtles. Yeah, that would have been fun. God, that did, did they make those figures? Because I would have, I'm, I would track it. those down. I doubt it. it. This was pretty late in the run. I, I doubt they, they made grapple action ninja turtles. Well, uh, are we ready to move on to the last episode that we watched? Uh, let's see. Or do here, you have, on. or do you have nugs? Uh, it's not really a super big. Uh, nugget, but like there's some of the storefronts that there was one called Cowabunga, and I can't remember, I can't, I couldn't make out the rest of it, but uh, I think it was a skate shop, um, which was fun. And oh, in the beginning, uh, the turtles are playing a double dragon uh, type game, yep, uh, which I am a big double dragon fan. Um, that's pretty much, oh, yeah, the whole and. The whole thing, like Raphael not being able to deal, like his his insect phobia is coming back like big time, um, and then Splinter, you know, telling him a mantra that's going to help him get through, you know, this internal conflict that that's psychologically messing him up. And um, so it's like, so what was that? Oh, it was nothing. What the, the mantra was nothing. It's like, but. Don't tell your brothers because I might use it on them. I'm like, that's and this is why you're my favorite Splinter. <laughs> like out of all the versions, this is my absolute favorite. Yeah, that that was nice. He's definitely the funniest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he, he is. He is such a good Splinter. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, that uh, that about does it. OK, well, then let's move on to Mutant Gangland. With the shredder missing from the city, Don Vizioso, uh, oh, oh boy, Viz- Vizioso desires to take over by having his gangster engineer, gangster engineer, highly, okay, sorry, having his gangsters engineer highly advanced anti-mutant weapons that have been designed to incapacitate the turtles and their fellow mutants. When Mondo Gecko and Donnie are abducted. It is up to Leo, Mikey, Raph, Slash, Leatherhead, and Dr. Rock- Rockwell to save them from being taken apart for the amusement of Don Viz- Viz- Vizioso. However, they must also deal with Don's strongest and most l- most lethal of minions, Hammer. Okay, so th- I thought, th- the way this episode was going, I thought it was going to be a two-parter. It was not, and I'm glad, because I don't know if I could have handled another episode of this. These these low-level New York gangsters are adorable, but they don't work in big chunks. They, I, I could not have handled two episodes in a row of these guys. Uh, I love how big and immobile Don Vizioso is, but I, I don't... I don't uh, where do you get anti-mutant weaponry? Like, who's making that? Yeah, there's a there's a plot hole for <laughs> sure. Because because they weren't manufacturing it. They were not manufacturing it. They were receiving it in a delivery. So where's it coming from? Who's the bigger who's the bigger problem here? 
that's a very very good question yeah i i i think let me see is it dr farrell is that is that who i I feel like that's who they referred to hold on yeah i i I, yeah no i don't dr farrell is who he was going to hand the turtles off to uh to you know to dissect and uh, apparently dr farrell is like that's a that's a big old easter egg uh that is referencing a character from the RPG T uh, TMNT and other strangeness, mm-hmm. which that's fantastic. That's a fantastic pull. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this episode was uh, like, it's a, there's a lot of good stuff in it. I don't see that it really matters much. The only grand change that it really brings is it better colors the universe to let us know the state of, new york post shredder's reign you know outside of that i don't think much of what happens in here matters yeah i mean it there there there's plot holes and stuff like you know i think like you know i will say though the the don fizioso is when so you know for those of you who haven't not had a chance to watch this of course spoilers all this is spoilers uh, he's your typical, you know, like Italian, you know, mob boss, you know, who's in an Italian restaurant with his back to the wall so we can see everybody coming in, eating all the food. Um, he's, he's ginormous, surrounded by, you know, his henchmen, uh, one looking exactly like Sylvester Stallone from Cobra. Um, uh, and that's, that, you know, it's not Rocky, it's not Rambo, it's Cobra. He's wearing sunglasses, and that's just like you know, crazy movie. Um, you know, your typical action film. And uh, who would have probably been a much better Hun? Um, yep. And at some point, it's like, how's this guy get around? Well, <laughs> <laughs> probably the most absurd thing that I've seen uh, in a Turtles show, um, besides. We're not going to go back there. We're not going to talk about the bug thing. I'm done. I'm done with that. Uh, if you remember from the Turtles arcade game, when you see Baxter, human Baxter, flying around in his little, you know, hover around thing, <laughs> the entire alcove wall just pops out, and it's a giant jet thing. And I'm like, what is happening right now? I fell off the couch. I was laughing so freaking hard. And I'm like, this is this is the most insane thing. Just just, you're not wrong, man. (laughs) And I loved it. I'm, I'm here for every every bit of it. Like it was like none of the none of the stuff, like you said, in this like really matters. Like I. I felt like the storyline could have been like this could have been like a second part of something else like you know the like, uh, the mutant menace you know like somebody discovered it was like you know mutants are kind of everywhere but I'm like they're kind of not and I'm like well, what how did what so I have I have questions like it just felt like let's just go ahead and make this episode <laughs> I I need more connective tissue that's true because how many how many mutants are causing are are being a menace in this universe yeah. like what 12 maybe yeah it's not really a big thing yeah I, like th- there are things i enjoyed about like i i enjoyed 
the, the inclusion of the mutanimals in this episode was logical and made sense. Uh, I do have quite an issue with the dangling plot thread that is never, ever like referred to again uh, in Pete not being there. Yeah, I, I know I'm spoiling future episodes, I'm, but they never they never tell us why Pete is not there. That is weird. They just give us that one throwaway line that we don't talk about Pete anymore or something like that. It's like, yeah, that it feels like they're they're tossing a softball that they're going to hit later and then they never hit it. So I, I don't know I that that's odd. Um, I really liked Donatello on the bed, like putting all of his limbs and head into his shell. That was classic. That was fun. Uh, Mondo was really good in this episode. Yeah. So it like it's I don't want to say a filler episode, but by traditional definitions, it's mostly a filler episode where all the characters are kind of hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And you can't ask for much more than that if yeah. you're watching an episode that doesn't carry much weight to it. Right. Not counting Don Vizioso. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not, like, not only is he floating in his little rocket alcove, but he's holding a sausage. <laughs> always eating something. <laughs> like a salami or something. It's wild, man. Yeah. It's a humongous salami. Um,. Uh, I, I'm sure you really enjoyed the mech at the end of that, at the end of this episode. Yeah. I was like, but I was like, what, what, what was the deal with that? Why was it there? You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. again, it's, it's just a, it's just a fun, quirky episode that we don't ever have to talk about again. Yeah. Uh, you got any nuggets before we wrap this thing up? Mm, not really. What do you, what do you think overall? Like this is, this is a quite a diverse group of episodes what'd you think of them overall i enjoyed it um you know it's any you know space is such you know i'm i'm a sci-fi nut you know i love star trek star wars you know stargate all that you know sliders all that stuff everything having to do with you know science fiction but of course this is more geared towards you know your star trek fans um and you know getting to see leonardo kind of live out his fantasy of uh was it space heroes yeah was that the uh that that was the show that he watched yes um that was you know kind of cool i kind of wish that they had hammed that up a little bit more um but the stakes were really were really high because the you know earth got blown up so he couldn't be <laughs> you know super hammy but i, I it it would have been cool and like one thing that really bugged me all throughout were the spacesuits like they should have been complete like full encased i was like why are there you know parts of their body are showing i was like no you're in space unless it's giving off like in like in the star trek the animated series um done by filmation instead of giving the characters spacesuits they gave them a belt and just like an orange blob like surrounded their body because like oh that's extra that 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 costs extra <laughs> I mean, I'm not, it, I mean, I'm not does. kidding. It, like, it does it, cost extra. Yeah, like I'm not even kidding. Like they were notoriously cheap, you know, for their stuff. And that's, you know, I was like, that's probably maybe a nod to that. I was like, ah, oh, we can't afford the rest of the pieces of the suit, you know. Um, yeah. But, the you know, the suits look great. It was fun. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, and 
and like you know some of the some of the episodes not being you know them kind of taking a break from the, the overall story. I'm saying, I get that you don't want to kind of burn out your story, um, but it's 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 definitely been one of the funnest seasons. And you know, and like with with two K three, they were what in space for how many episodes? Like six? Uh, I don't even think it was that many. Or I think it was I think it was four. Um. I guess uh, this this is a this is a fact we can look up. That was season was season three. Ah, I think it was before that. Season two. Yeah, it was five episodes. Turtles in space, five episodes. That was close. Yeah, that, that, like that's kind of where I sit on it too. Like it's 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 a really fun arc, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate Turtles Adventures without Shredder. Yeah, yeah, going uh, and, a different direction. Yeah, like launch those dudes in space. Getting Shredder in space is not going to happen. So give me, you know, someone else for them to fight. I hate that it was Dreg because I just don't really like Dreg. He doesn't bring anything to the table for me. But the inclusion of the Fugitoid, uh, the deeper Triceraton story, uh, the Salamandrians, like there's so many good pieces that they pulled uh, for this uh, along with the the horror elements they were able to find in the the space stories, all of that is great. And and even when they return and immediately defeat the Shredder, they immediately roll into kind of a a post Shredder New York, which is its own story arc. You know, it's its own little new world for them to explore. And we even got you know some fun episodes out of that. So the lack of Shredder is paying a div- dividends here. Yeah, uh, but will Shredder will be back before you know it. Yeah, <laughs> and the I, I don't. Of course, you probably know this, but season five of the 2012 show was rebranded as Tales of the TMNT. Yes, which means the next episode where we cover the end of season four will basically be the end of the canonical like story they tell mm-hmm. the, the the episodes in season five some of them are in canon some are not some of them go really wild uh there's like a whole mad max thing that is is really cool it's a it like it has some of the most memorable episodes in it mm-hmm. but not many of them actually matter at all yeah so we are much closer to the end of these these turtles stories or the these these turtles, you know, story than you probably even realize. Right. Uh, so we will be done with season four before the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, just it's it's hard to it's hard to think we we've already burned through most of what's what, what this this show has to offer. Um Yeah. Any final thoughts before we uh, talk about what's next? You know, it's there are so many people out there that I don't think have actually given 2K12 a chance because it's like, oh, it's 2K3 or bust, or it's 87 or bust, or you know, I don't want to watch any of that. You know, I don't want to do that. Just do it. Just <laughs> do yourself a favor. Get some pizza. Get a bowl of cereal. Put it on the cere- on the pizza. Whatever you gotta do, or eat each individual. Start start it up on the Saturday morning. Whatever you got to do, watch this show. 
yes, Mikey's annoying at the beginning, but he just kind of evens out. And you just, you know, trust me on this. The show has a lot of heart, great humor, great acting, incredible action, fantastic stories. And this is one of my favorite seasons. Like, I love the space stuff. I'm always a nut for science fiction, uh, outer space stuff. And it just tells me I never want to go into outer space. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm good here. I'll go into outer space in games, you know, go under the, under, under the sea in games, all that stuff. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to just stay here. <laughs> nothing, nothing is more ready to kill you than outer space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Uh, the opinion of the 2012 show has shifted over the over the years, like in really? in the in the grander like turtles fandom, um, and I feel like Rise had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Multiple times in all these these toxic Facebook groups that I'm in, people will post polls: what's the be- what's the best turtle show, or what's your favorite turtle show, or which one did it right? You know, just these obnoxious polarizing polls that are just designed to get people arguing with each other. I would say majority of the time. 2012 sits at the top of those polls, not by much. Oh, like it's, it's never like an overwhelming majority, but people have come around to realizing that it takes the best parts of every version of the turtle turtles and really crafts a, just a solid version for Nickelodeon to as Nickelodeon's jump jumping off point. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, and why I say rise is kind of responsible for that is rise came out Everyone saw it and said, no, immediately looked back at the Nickelodeon one and said, if they're going to try to pitch us rise, we're going to like Nickelodeon because that is the, the, you know, the 2012, because that's a much easier thing to digest. It, it, it almost forced people to look back at the 2012 show with different eyes after seeing what it could have been. Uh, again, that's not me poo pooing rise. That's just how the, the, you know, the world kind of worked. Um, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, who knows what the opinion of the 2012 show will be. But right now I feel like it's pretty positive, mm-hmm. which was not the case in 2020 in 2012. Well, that's good. Cause yeah. like at first, you know, we, you know, when it was announced, I was like, wait a minute, how are you going to top 2k three? And then I started watching. I was like, Oh, I was like, okay. I'm like the thing that hooked me immediately was the crying which we didn't get <laughs> enough of in, in, in this, you know, we're getting less and less of the Krang, which, you know, yeah. those early seasons, man, it's all about the Krang. And it's just, I think it's some of the, the best work that Nolan North has done. Just this stupid moon speak <laughs> characters. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Um, yeah. And just the look, the style, the aesthetic, the, you know, of it just is just, it's just good. The look, style, aesthetic, like the conscious effort to bring in pieces from everything, from everything to specifically to tickle people's nostalgic lands, you know? Oh, they tickled it really good. Yeah. Like you can't make a turtle show without trying to pander and this show does pander but it doesn't do it to a point that it's like insulting 
And that is a delicate balance that you have to that, that you really have to work with. Uh, look at Star Wars if you want to see something pander too much. Yeah. You know, say what you will about the quality of the new Star Wars stuff. Me and you can argue all day about it. But one thing that it definitely does is pander too much. Um, but that closes out this episode, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, we have one more segment. What is that? Next time on Shellheads. All right. For episode 135, uh, that means 35 means it's a character spotlight. And yeah. this will this will be the first spotlight where we spotlight a group of characters. Ooh. Care to uh, care to guess what group we will be uh, spotlighting. I think you're talking about the, the mighty mutanimals. That is incorrect. Oh, that is incorrect. What? Shut yeah. your mouth. Yeah, we we've actually covered a couple of the mutanimals. So I was like, we'll put them on the back burner. We are going to talk about the punk frogs next time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I guess get ready for that. I don't know when we're going to record it. Maybe in a week, maybe in two weeks. Who knows? But until then, uh, what will you be doing, Jeff? I'll be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Burnham, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook Instagram, Threads, uh, and Twitch, where we do live streams. Uh, we try to live stream, you know, just about you know, every week, and we've been we've pl- been playing a, a fantastic game called Strange Brigade, uh, multiplayer uh, game set in the 30s, uh, kind of like think Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, and we do take on our fair share of mummies and all kinds of manners of things. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with that. So, like for four dollars, that was a great game. Uh, to get um, and uh, you can see that on our Twitch uh, channel um, and you can also visit us which we would you know also prefer uh, where we have uh, events birthday parties uh, we do retro game restoration you can play modern and classic games uh, including Neo Geo Nintendo Super Nintendo Sega PlayStation all kinds of stuff um, and we try to showcase, you know, some stuff during our streams. Um, so if you're in the, uh, Brandon Crossgates area, uh, please come game with us. And if you're not already following us on all of our social media accounts, please do so. And Hey, if you follow our Twitch, you can talk with me live. Sergio won't be doing that. Uh, but I will. So <laughs> come hang out with the cool shellhead. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Them's fighting words. All right. We'll see if this we'll see if this whole plug makes it into the episode. Oh, well, at least the shellhead that doesn't hate on all the desserts. I will eat all of them. <laughs> and where can we find you, Sergio? Hating uh, on more pie? Look, look. My relationship with pie is is none of your business. I think it's all of our businesses at this point. No, no, it's not. No, no. Pie is pie is gross. It's 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 gross. Come on, it's it's about pie time that you you know come to grips with it. Did you say pie time? Oh, I did. Nope, nope. Shut it down. We're done here. Uh, thank you for listening. Tell your friends uh, about Shellheads. Uh, tune in next time. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads.
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.